Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, this is Billy Sands. When I want to spice up my barbecue, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions broadcast show. Lions with it, second and goal from the eight. Down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Case in the end zone, touchdown, Detroit Lions! That's it, pack the bag, start the plane, this game is over! How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 198. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, the Case Master. How you doing, my man? Good, Chris. I've been doing a lot of research, uh, looking into some draft stuff. I think people are going to like what we're doing this week, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to, to talk about there. Um, today's show, we're going to do just that, talk about the draft. We're going to do a little bit on the season ticket member summit. We've got a couple things to talk about there. And I don't know if you saw this case, but the groundhog popped up in Chicago. We've got that and a whole lot more. It's a great show lined up. Case, you ready to go, my man? Yeah, Chris, I've been trying to keep warm in the polar vortex by looking into tight ends. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements for you. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. Woo! And of course, our very first donor, Mathis. And then, of course, Brian B. from iPrevailIPrevailBand.com. Don't forget about these guys. Don't sleep on these guys. New album coming up. Some really hot stuff going on. Good, good stuff. And uh, big supporters of the show. So uh, make sure you check them out. Love those guys. The family. He's got everybody listening case i mean it's not just like he's he's cool and, and helps us out and sports the show and he like we chat and all that and all he's got he's like he's like an evangelist we need more evangelists we need detroit <laughs> lions podcast evangelical people uh all right so yeah brian b i prevail check out join the group on patreon join the patreon crew at patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast detroit lions podcast at patreon.com uh it's a great way to help out the show we get access to slack which is a sweet communication app for some of those. Some people thought well, I was saying smack for a while. Uh, <laughs> Slack, it's a, it's an awesome app on the phone or on your desktop. You can talk back and forth. And it is the most intelligent Lions chat in the known universe, I think. <laughs> At this point, there's not a lot of great places to go. Uh, Case, you're talking a little bit on the pre-show show that they we put together today about some uh, how you use that Slack chat. Yeah, I like to use it kind of as a, as a experimental ground for a lot of the stuff that ends up going into the show, get uh, bounce ideas off other people and... And, uh, you know, help form my own opinions on things. So yeah. those guys help out a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff there. A lot of great conversation. And uh, guys are super, super awesome. Great crew. So join patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast or go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and uh, click on the Patreon link. As little as a dollar a month will get you access to the Slack chat and the pre-show show like we did today. And uh, it gets you into like a kind of a close-knit club with some some secret handshakes and all that kind of stuff. So good stuff there. And thank you to everybody who's joined that crew. Don't forget to give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and check us out on Twitter at D-E-T Lions podcast, D-E-T Lions podcast, the very, very best place to see Case, 
Sansa Panza. Oh, that's kind of like Peter Von Panda. Uh, subscribe <laughs> to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Got some stuff going on there. You can also play with the podcast on Xbox. Look for Gamertag DET Lions Podcast. We're streaming on twitch.tv slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Twitch.tv slash Detroit Lions Podcast. And uh, has some fun stuff going on there. You can check us out as we play this new crazy game called Apex. Legends, it is probably the best game to drop since. I mean, a lot of people like Fortnite. I thought it was okay, okay, good. Um, but this is probably the best game to drop in a long, long time. Awesome, awesome game. You can play them along and uh, or just watch us play. We do some silly, stupid stuff there. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us. You, you go to Spotify. It's a great place to see us. All these crazy places, we're everywhere you need us. To just head on over, hit the podcast, let people know that uh, you think we're a five-star show. They love those five stars. It helps us out a lot in the ratings. It helps people find us. And, of course, there may be a thing that Kay says that makes you a little uptight and you don't like as much. <laughs> Use the subreddit. Give us a feedback there, and we'll, uh, we'll abscond with his goodies as we need to to make him act appropriately. Don't be a tight end. <laughs> Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message you get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And I got to start off first case. I've, uh, I, I'm going down here tonight. Um, my son stayed home from school today a little bit sick, and I can feel it. it, it it's starting to swarm on me, my friend. So if you guys hear some sniffs or something, uh, maybe I, I forgot to hit the cough button, so I apologize up front. You're feeling okay, though, right, buddy? Yeah, totally. You're fighting it off with alcohol. I should have done that. You keep the inside of your body... Uh, germ-free with plenty it's of alcohol. Inhospitable and uh, good liver function. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Keep that thing exercised to make it ready for as an Olympic athlete. It's near that liver. All right, uh, let's let's we'll kick off today with uh, first annual DLP listener survey. What the hell am I talking about? Uh, first off, please take part. Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You'll see there's a survey link at the main menu. It's the hamburger button if you're on the phone. Um, this really helps us out a lot. Uh, we, we need to collect a little bit of data about our people. We don't need your email address. We don't, we're don't. we not collecting your IP address or anything like that. But we want to hear from listeners. And the folks that take enough time to fill that out, give us some good feedback about what we're doing right with the show, what we're doing wrong with the show, and give us a good kind of scientific way to approach that, as well as to a, you know how we approach you with, with content. And in the, the couple of ads, we do, what, three ads, two ads a show in an hour. It's, it's not a lot of stuff that we, we're throwing at you there. But uh, we want to make sure we get the right stuff and the stuff that you care about uh, together so that data helps us out a lot again there's no spam no anything that'll ever come out of it so if you can please please take a few minutes and uh fill out that listener survey for us at detroitlionspodcast.com right off the main menu we would greatly greatly appreciate your help there all right let's get into it let's talk some football um there's this this draft coming up. I know there's a lot of the free agent stuff, and we'll we'll get back to that. We're going to kind of walk back and forth. Free agency doesn't really start now for another what is it three weeks from when we're recording this case? Yeah, I don't remember the date right off the top of my head. We talked about it last last show uh, sometime mid late March. I thought it was early March. I we'll have to look it up. But yeah, I'm, whatever. I'm too sick and irritable to go look it up. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to do concentrate some draft stuff today and, uh, we're going to let you know some, some, some of the thinking we got going on. Um, let's start off TJ Hawkinson. You may have heard that name, uh, case you may even be able to pronounce it. Um, getting a lot of chatter, a lot of people talking about him now as a, as a, as a big take, this is kind of the local lions kind of area, Detroit area folks talking about this more than the national folks. What do you think? Uh, is the tight end the, the way we're going here? Is this the... Half the fans are going to burn down the city pick because of Ebron, and we're going to do this again. Uh, it can only work better if we go number eight instead of number 10 with the tight end, right? Well, <laughs> I want to roll it back. Well, first of all, uh, apologies for mispronouncing his name last time. No, that's our thing. Sometimes it's purposeful. Sometimes it's not. But as long as we always claim it's 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 part of the shtick, we, we, we get away with some stuff there. <laughs> I want to roll it back, though, just for a sec, because um, while I do think it's tough to predict exactly what Bevel's going to bring 
as our offensive coordinator because he's done very different things in very different times and different places. Um, so trying to pigeonhole him into being one kind of dude or expect one kind of thing from him, I, 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 I would shy away from that. However, through his career as an offensive coordinator, both with the Vikings and, and with the Seahawks, he has used tight ends a lot more than the Lions have, at least in terms of uh, percentage-wise. Um, you know, you've got guys like Vasante Shianko, Zach Miller. Uh, you know, he tried to turn TJ Graham into a blocking tight end. Um, that that last point, it, thanks Ash for that, um, is is kind of leans into what I my thoughts on it. I do think that at some point, either in free agency or the draft, that we will add a a an attempt at a number one tight end. Um, we talked a, bit, a little bit about in free agency about how, how much I love Kyle Rudolph and I hope the Vikings cut him for cap reasons and bring him in. Uh, Jesse James would be an option. Jared Cook would be an option uh, for varying reasons. But um, I, I definitely think that there would be, a, it, that they'd have to at least be a mid-level blocker. Uh, it, receiving talent is great, but uh, you know we, we don't need somebody who can't, you know, play the receiver position at all. Uh, but blocking will have some degree of emphasis from Bevel. Um, and, and so that's when I'm looking at the upcoming draft class, that was kind of what I was keeping in mind. Guys who are primarily receivers and really struggle with, with um, blocking either run or pass. I'm going to guess those guys are not going to be as high on their list. Um, potentially not on their list at all. So the number one guy, TJ Hawkinson. And, and I, I think I have to, I just want to interject really quick case. There's one of the, something that I heard. Um, and I'm going to probably misquote this a little bit, but, uh, the, the general consensus is there. It was like eight out of the last 10. It could have been 20 out of the last 23. It was a huge percentage and it was a good number of the last teams to win a super yeah, bowl. I saw that stat too. And you're right. It was a high percentage. It was like pro bowl, um, all, yeah. all pro tight end. Kowski and, and Jimmy Graham and, uh, Jordan Reed and, you know, guys like that got teams that have made it deep in the playoffs lately. Uh, Travis Kelsey have, have all been featuring strong tight end play or not all, but you know, yeah, yeah. And uh, overwhelmingly. And, and I, I, I do mean, think that's, that's an important point. It's an interesting correlation. And, and I don't know if you, you can say anything about causation here, but certainly it's a it's a really, really high percentage. And um, in a passing league, you're thinking it's it's all wide receivers. And, you know, this is one of the things it's one of the things, especially I, I made the joke early about the Ebron pick and people are still look, I'm, I'm still aching from that one. My vocal cords are still sore and damaged from when we picked him and I screamed in agony. Um but we can't let that kind of emotional thinking cloud the choices that the team makes. The team has to make the best moves. And I'm not saying necessarily tight end is the best move at number eight, right? But if we go there and that is absolutely the best player available, it's certainly a point of need on this team. And we can see the effect that great tight ends have had on teams as well. So it's not something to have a massive freakout. Now, if we pull some division three scrub or a guy who drops the ball way too much from one of the Carolina schools, uh, that would be reason to, to maybe get angry again. But I, and the, Bob Quinn is, is not like that. He's not Martin Mayhew. I think he'll, he's going to, he's going to do well with a pick. And if he were to go with a tight end, please folks do not go into Ebron freakout mode because I guarantee we're not getting another E double E here. <laughs> Well, and, and sorry to go on tangent already here, but you bring up two, uh, you made me think of two points that um, no, I, I brought I up great points. About. That's what you wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, uh, I used to hate, hate, hate rookie tight ends. Um, and I, I don't think I was off base on that because they really tended to struggle in their first, first second season yeah, and then, then picked it up. But over the last few years, I think we've seen a trend where guys coming out of college at the position seem to be a little bit further ahead than they used to be. And I don't know enough about the college game to speak to why that might be. I just think there's a, a surprising amount of evidence that that is no longer as significant a factor, which I think raises the stock on on tight ends overall compared to where it used to be related to that is that i think a lot i still see a lot of people saying things like well tight end is just the least value position uh, on a football team and 
I don't know that I completely disagree with that. But as you mentioned, you know, uh, all those teams that were deep in the playoffs, you know, that, that, was, that was a major factor for a lot of them. Yeah, I can't so go I think, least I think that's valued. an overrated point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so we've we've got Mr. T.J. Hawkinson. Who else is out there? What else is out there to look at? Uh, maybe not all at number eight, right? But just at the the tight end position. Well, here's the other side of that. I, there isn't a tight end as much as I like T.J. Hawkinson that I would be I would still be upset with that at eight. <laughs> we're talking about a situation where if the Lions were able. And everything gets, you know, thrown into a little bit of kerfuffle here with the Kyler Murray um, uh, announcement and whether or not that's legit or not. Um, in terms of whether or not the Lions were able to trade down, you know, three, four, five, six spots, then it becomes a legitimate option. Um, so the other guy, uh, the other Iowa tight end, uh, Noah Fant is going to get a lot of comparisons to Ebron going forward. And I, that's going to scare the shit out of a lot of people. I don't necessarily think he's the best fit for the lions, but he is a better player or a better prospect than Ebron. Um, the only thing, I mean, I mean, he's got the, he's got a similar level of athleticism. So that's where you're going to see the comparisons go. Uh, he makes some spectacular cra- grabs downfield. You use him as a downfield receiver frequently. Um, he does occasionally drop the ball. Not, I don't think it's been nearly as bad as, as Ebron uh, was, but it is, you know, it's not a non-issue for him, but he's, uh, he is not a blocker, but the huge difference between him and Ebron. And I think that this was the number one thing that pissed me off about Ebron the whole time he was here is that Noah Fant gives effort every single play. And even if he's not the best blocker, he blocks like a receiver, not a lineman. He still puts in the effort, which it makes a huge difference. You're still not going to see him, you know, uh, doing fantastic against defensive ends or things like that, but He's going to be able to, you know, if he's going to be able to hold off a linebacker for a second or two, he's going to be, he would be able to do a job there. Um, he's more like if his stock suddenly started to fall and the, that, and Hawkinson and uh, the other guy who I'm going to talk about next, Smith Jr., were gone and he managed to slip to where we are at number eight or at the, in the second round. I don't think we're the eighth pick. We're, I think we're actually a little bit higher than that or, or lower. I don't remember off the top of my head. Either way, if he slipped to us in the second round, I mean, that, that would be a high value pick. Uh, and, and he is a fantastic receiver and it would, you know, at least, partially cover that need for us going forward. Uh, so and while I don't, I don't love Noah Fant for our needs, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a better player than Ebron uh, or better prospect, certainly. So there's that. The, the next guy. Yeah. The next guy that I really like, and this is the guy that if he did fall to us in the second round, sign me up is Irv Smith jr. Um, he's not, he's like, He's a little bit of a discount, TJ Hawkinson. He's probably slightly more athletic and and a better downfield receiver. Um, but he's also uh, my biggest concern with TJ Hawkinson is actually his lack of production in the red zone. That hasn't been an issue for Irving Smith Jr. Um, he is he's a solid stout blocker, not on the same level as Hawkinson, but solid and stout there to the point where you you could use him that way right off the bat, and still you know, and he's still got room to grow there. But that's not a bad thing either. But he's not gonna he's not gonna immediately, you know, leave a huge liability on the field if you try to put him in that position. He's an elite run blocker, which if we're looking at Bevel and what we suspect he might be doing is a is a thing. The problem with this tight end class overall is that beyond those guys, it seems like the vast majority of the mid-tier tight ends are receiving specialists. Very few of them have a lot of experience and or have shown aptitude for quality blocking. There's a few guys in there and and I don't know enough about each of them to try to name them by name and give you all a deep rundown on all of them. Uh, as we get closer to the draft, uh, we'll get you know a better viewpoint of that. But as I was scanning through a little bit of film and a little bit of draft profiles and things like that, it just seemed like the repeated message I was getting from the second tier tight ends was receiver, receiver, receiver. And I don't think that that's strictly what we want. Agree. Agree. 
Um, and although we could certainly use one, right? Well, let's, I'm let's not saying we don't want a wide receiver. I'm saying that at, at that position, we need somebody who can block. We need both. We're, we're, we're hurting at tight end. Well, I won't argue with that. <laughs> so, so <laughs> we can probably get one or the other down the down the range if we if we don't get one of those guys. But uh, doesn't leave us in a great spot. So we'll see what happens in uh, free agency. Um, anyone in besides Kyle Rudolph you're looking for? I mean, Kyle Rudolph kind of fixes a lot of stuff for us, doesn't he? I would not be upset with Jesse James. Um, it would still leave me in a position where I'd want us to look. Uh, in in the mid to late draft for a tight end to, you know, hopefully uh, build up. I, I don't want to say that I've completely given up on Michael Roberts. I've just mostly given up on Michael Roberts. Um, I hope he'll get his chance in camp to show that he's progressed. I'm just not confident there. Yeah. So, um, and, and I don't, I, I, I yeah. Yep. Well, let's talk about the evolution of likely picks because Hawkinson, as good as he is, probably isn't going to be a number eight pick. Uh, at least you know, he's not a Lions pick, I, I would suspect, as you said. <laughs> um, right now, one of the most heavily mocked guys to the Lions at number eight is Clellan Farrell. Um, heavily mocked to us. And we'll, we'll go in depth on him a little bit more in the upcoming weeks. But, uh, Case, what are your thoughts of uh, Mr. Farrell? Well, my thought on Clellan Farrell is the same thought I basically had at this time of the year a couple of years ago before we took Jared Davis, and that was that that's probably the guy we're going to take. Um, I wasn't head over heels in love with Jared Davis, but he was a safe pick. Or, you know, yeah. as safe a pick as I felt like we could get. He wasn't Reuben Foster. Um, Which was, and I was feel not like, a safe pick, it turns out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was anything uh, but. I'm not sure Clellan Farrell has... Uh, you know, an elite ceiling, which it's, it's tough to swallow a little bit to not take a guy at number eight with an elite ceiling. Yeah. Um, but he would be good, very good from day one and, and probably have a solid career. And if, if I had a, you know, if I, if you gave me a, you know, an 80, 90% chance of a guy turning into that kind of player or a 50, 50 chance on, you know, a guy who could be elite or could be a total bust. That's a tough choice to make. And, and if I could fill a roster with mostly those 80, 90% guys and then get one or two of the others, that would be great. And that's kind of a change that we've seen with the Lions with Quinn's kind of drafting strategy, right? Jared Davis was, you know, fine, a, a, a fine draft pick. And at first, there was a lot of worry about him, but he's certainly, what with what looks he's like to be some coaching, he's 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 progressed well. Patricia's using him better too. So right, but you look okay. Frank Ragnow was was I would say great this year, um, particularly for a rookie, right? I mean, it was it was it was it was a really high level hit pick, right? Um, did he absolutely change everything for the team? Mm, probably not, right? But it was it was it was absolutely the right pick. But you go down, and you think carry on Johnson, right? Wow, second round. That's we, we got our starting running back. That, that's pretty good. That feels good. Tracy Walker stepping in in safety now in, in year two. It looks like hey, that's a, that's a pretty good pick. Deshaun Hand contributing, right? And and right mm-hmm. there as as a big piece of the. Uh, you're going to hear me call him Daddy later, but uh, the the threesome there on the defensive line, um, you know. Uh, Crosby looking like he's going to come in at the offensive tackle. Nick Bowden gets hurt. He's the one guy that doesn't look like he's, he's you know, you don't know. He's kind of a wild card. That's your last pick. That's a whole draft of guys that play, right? Yeah, and if you can get a couple of those drafts, if he gets one more draft like that, I mean, then then as soon when the team starts to fall apart in a couple of years in free agency, then you have those guys who can step into those roles and you don't have to panic and overpay for everybody. And you so start I know looking that a nobody little... wants to hear me talk about a couple of years down the road. They want to win now. I get that. But at the same time, if you want to win a couple of years down the road, you need to start thinking about those things now. And it's a copycat league. Everyone, Everyone's high on Sean McVay. Oh, I had dinner with him. Okay, you're hired, right? That kind of thinking. But you want to talk about what's won for 20 years in this league or more um, is the kind of idea of not overpaying, not having to get one or two or three. It's not the NBA model doesn't work. You know, you get two superstar players, you're going to win the championship in the NBA. That's it, right? The rest of the team almost doesn't matter where football isn't like that. And you get a lot of great guys to play a system that evolves every year. 
based on the talent you have, and you can win Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. That makes a lot of sense. The Kareem Hunt thing is an interesting, you know, we can talk about that and probably some other time. I mean, it's still fresh news, but um, I'm I'm torn on whether I want him or not. Yeah, sure, sure. He could have he helped the team, but I think we're going to be okay without him. The Browns, they got a whole different ball of wax with it. I think the Browns have got a good team. They're going to be really something to look at. But that aside, it's not because of Kareem Hunt. But we're building a team full of guys, and it's still the baseline. I think two years from now, a Kareem Hunt is is a viable ad. Um, that in, coming out of that situation, not him specifically, but somebody very, very similar situation and, and, and capabilities, him will be ready to put that kind of thing into place. Right now, I think it's getting a, a, just a cadre of good to great players in there. Um, you don't need the massive superstar. You need just guys that do their job well and you scheme with them to to beat other teams. I think that's a, that's why Clellan Fair, like you said, the safe pick. I think that's a great way to look at it. Am I super hyped over this guy? No. Am I going to go, you know, on a, on a on a drinking binge because we got him? No. He's just a what looks like right now a good solid pick for this team that can help and can fill a need and we can probably scheme him into some some really really good productivity for us. Just to point uh to the Browns thing. If the Browns end up being pretty good, which I mean, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sold yet, but that largely that's because I don't believe in, in any rookie quarterback until they put a couple seasons under their belt. Um, but uh, if, if they, you know, if they start to do really well, the reason that they're going to have been able to do that is because they spent a few years building and drafting very talented players. And because they have so much youth on the team, they've got money to spend in free agency to fill in the gaps. If you do that, if you, you know, if you're doing a good job drafting, if you're doing a good job developing, and those are two things that the Lions struggled with, you know, prior to Bob Quinn coming over here and prior to potentially this coaching staff. And I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I, I'm not trying to guarantee that Patricia's going to be a great developmental guy, although we saw some signs of it this last year for sure. Um, I'm not guaranteeing that Bevel's going to come in here and, and help, you you know, improve on the young talent on, on that side of the ball either, but oh, I am. Uh, well, I, I think we'll likely see a step up in that area from what <clears> we <throat> saw. I, I, that would, it would surprise me a little if we didn't, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I'm not trying to say those things are, are, are you know, locks for things that we're going to be able to do well, but if we're able to do those things well, that's how you build the long-term success. And if the Browns find that long-term success, it's not going to be because they, you know, they spent a million dollars in free agency on a couple guys. Yep. It's going to be because they already had the foundation of really young guys that allowed them to spend more money. Now, let me go somewhere from Colin Farrell, who's the safe pick. There's a guy who's, who's I've seen him mocked two positions later and, it's against it's against my nature to to look at him it's um i don't know i'm just gonna put it out there and we can talk about it. uh greedy williams cornerback i'm not a guy who says go draft a quarterback a cornerback high in uh in any draft because they usually take time to develop but we have seen a thing the last couple of years where cornerbacks are are delivering early and playing early and being able to do some some good stuff um I'm willing to forego that for a guy like Greedy Williams because he looks like, uh, come out of LSU, he looks like a guy who is really, really going to be one of those guys who can step up right away at the corner position. We've got some real problems at corner. We're, we're missing guys that, that we really need to play. The, the, the thing that I hear people saying, oh, well, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Um, Darius Slay is the number one. And, you know, is he going to want that part. kind of competition? I, I, disagree. I don't think that's it at all. I think Darius Slay is a guy who knows he's good. He, he's, he doesn't lack confidence. We'll put it that way. Um, and and he, he doesn't he doesn't miss a, an opportunity to exude that confidence. But he's also a team player. And every time you see him in every situation, he's supporting other players and, and doing well. I think in addition, like Greedy Williams changes this team immensely in the secondary. And you talk about those guys that are coming up like a guy like uh, Tracy Walker coming up at, at safety, right? Looking good. You get greedy out there. You get uh, Slay out there on the two two outside. All of a sudden, Lawson isn't so bad inside. Some of the other guys aren't so bad inside, right? Tease, he's got to go. But the rest, <laughs> rest of you know, you're, you're, you're looking pretty good all of a sudden, and you got your safeties in place. You've got a really, really sharp secondary. And you look at how this front seven has been upgrading and stepping up. 
I'm not going to sleep on Greedy Williams' pick, and we'll go more into that, but this is one that I'm warming to more and more all the time. You guys can tell me I'm crazy. You won't be the first one. I'm not there yet, <laughs> um, but I don't know. You know, I might, I might come around on that. Um, I do think uh, that he's probably going to be the most contentious name that Lions fan dis- fans discuss, uh, uh, except for possibly Hawkinson. Um, <laughs> but um, in terms of more realistic picks at number eight, I think that Greedy Williams will probably be the most hotly debated guy uh, prior to the draft. Yeah. But, and, and and maybe it feels a little bit like the Mayhew gamble going with Greedy, but uh, we've we've definitely got to do something about the cornerback situation, and um, that puts to bed pretty pretty darn quick. So, all right, um, let's move on really quick. Whoever we get, you're going to want to make sure you get their jersey. Why wait? Get that jersey now. Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the Fanatics link and uh, get your jersey. Get your your Wings gear, your your Pistons gear. It's a hard time in Detroit. Man, it's a hard time to rep your teams. They're, none of them are standing out as, as spectacular, but that's okay. You get your college gear. It's basketball season. It's not a bad time. State, Michigan, they look like they're heading on a collision course in the in the hoops realm. You can get your, your great stuff for them as well. Uh, always good fun in the, in the college arena, but you want to get your stuff. You want to rep your team. You want to help out the podcast, right? You're listening to us. You're like, you know what? These guys, they do like... Two minutes of commercials for an hour and 20 minutes of content. Why, why wouldn't I want to help them? These, these, I love these boys. So what do you do? You head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You use that link to get over Fanatics. You get all your gear, your mugs, your jerseys, whatever you want to get, your sweatpants. It's all there. I don't know that they have generators. You have to go to Amazon. That's a different link. We'll talk about that later. But uh, all that great stuff, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the FedEx link, and uh, they give us a kickback, and it's a great way to help the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. All right, let's move on. Next content, next, next piece of content we want to talk about. There was an interesting event. It's a yearly event. The Season Ticket Member Summit just went down. And um, Case, do you do you want to share probably the biggest piece of news that uh, that came out of that there? Well, it sounds like Bob Quinn is seriously considering taking quarterback at number eight. Yeah, yeah. All this talk about greedy and Clellan Farrell out the I door. I don't know why we're bothering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a waste of time. So I don't know. You think maybe he'll trade number eight and get Josh Rosen? <clears throat> Yes, that that would be a fantastic move on on all accounts. Um, no, <laughs> I couldn't get more uh, absurd than that. Sorry. <laughs> Michael Rothstein uh, put it out, uh, you know, with the title that certainly made it come off, uh, of course. And and who's shocked that you know a title on something would would lead you to believe something slightly different than what was actually said? Uh, that made it sound like Bob Quinn was considering it you know, that a, that a quarterback was not out of, out of range. And there's two tacks to this. First of all, uh, <laughs> can we, can we as a fan base learn from our, you know, mistakes that, that Bob Quinn can't always be taken a hundred percent literally. Um, mm. it, it, he does, you know, attempt to confuse to Kate issues. Confuse to Kate. Woo. I'm writing <laughs> that one down. Hold on. I'm, I'm, not sure if I can, right. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to spell it right, but Confusticate's a good one. Confusticate, Confusticate. <laughs> anyway, uh, that, that he likes to, you know, muddy things up. He doesn't like to give people, you know, a, a clear vision of exactly what he's planning or what he's expecting or anything like that. Um, but that uh, fans, you know, are, we'll, we'll get in an uproar. I, I know that we're going to be hearing about, you know, m- people calling into Mike Valenti and talking about how, Quinn is now going to take Kyler Murray and, you know, whatever. Followed by a uh, Carlos article. And that's not the guy I play video games with, by the way. That's a different Carlos. My Carlos is cool. This one's an idiot. (laughs) I know a cool (laughs) Carlos, too. Um, (laughs) Hashtag Freep Dweeb, by the way. That came out yesterday (laughs) as we were talking. I was talking about some of that stuff. If you're going to talk to Carlos, um, just use hashtag Freep Dweeb. And, and we'll know who you're talking about. The other tack on it is to look at is Quinn, you know, just trying to, you know, I don't necessarily think that other teams are going to buy that the Lions would go quarterback in the first round, but it doesn't hurt to like not clarify exactly what's going on. Like maybe there is something going on behind behind the scenes that, um, you know, other teams 
don't know about and maybe maybe there is problems with Matthew Stafford behind the scenes and maybe Bob Quinn just accidentally let loose uh, you know the idea of floating out in the ether that you know quarterback is a serious you know uh, position of, of 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 concern for him this offseason and and uh and whether or not that could potentially play into uh, you know trade situations so yeah you and know it's unlikely that that would have any effect but it doesn't hurt to put that out there i will tell you and and we're going to do a segment here in the next show or two that is strictly um i don't know if we'll call it unverifiable rumors but unverifiable but weightable rumors and rumors with weight that are unverifiable because there's there's whatever it is there's some rumors out there against that fucking lies <laughs> some of it <laughs> smoke screens and bullshit i don't know what we call it but there's 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 a lot of rumors out there from sources that have some good info and um i'll just i'm not going to go into it because i want to make sure this quoted but uh about matthew stafford and where his head's at and this isn't this isn't like um Hashtag free to talking about it. This is people who are in a better spot. Now, could it be smokescreen stuff? Absolutely. Could that be the first part of the smokescreen leading to what we hear about? Well, we're not, we're open to taking a quarterback kind of thing. Absolutely. But um, Matthew Stafford is the subject of a rumor that I heard coming out of the senior bowl. That was pretty, it was, I don't want to say disturbing, but I was like, wow, that's, that's completely out of the realm of the expected. So we'll, um, We'll have we'll have a show where we talk about some of these, and and then we'll you know just know they're all rumors, not substantiated. Could be smoke screens, all that kind of stuff. But the other piece that you talk about, frankly, about this, if you can start a whole shitload of rumors to make people actually believe there is something going on, that'd be pretty fun. But even beyond <laughs> that, I mean, you think about it. The other part that Quinn gets by by having that piece of the conversation kind of come out is. He starts a conversation that may not be happening amongst the teams that are up there that, well, yeah, 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 we want to we want to get a quarterback. We're going to get our guy because we're ahead of the line. Well, you know, oh, well, I hope the Lions don't take our guy. That gets other teams honking and ready to trade. And it just kind of moves things around, moves people's calculus a little bit. So that's probably where that lies and what they're trying to do. There's There's certainly a lot to be said for the value you can gain by trading back a couple of spots. You know, get yourself a, a Washington Redskins in ideally – to to make that move and let's let's face it their owner isn't like the brightest guy as far as football <laughs> yeah. minds go uh, one, of the, one of the guys in the slack chat was you know telling me that he couldn't believe that anybody would ever be stupid enough to you know believe that the lions were going to take a qb and i was like well <laughs> we've seen some teams do some really and believe some really stupid things like i mean this is not out of the realm of possibility i agree that it's unlikely but <laughs> To say that it is impossible is uh... <laughs> anyone who saw Trubisky at the Pro Bowl is, is pretty. <laughs> and right. If you're a Chicago fan, you're pretty concerned about all those trades at this point. But um, yeah, no, that's it's it's an interesting thing. So we'll we'll see how that goes and where that that, that plays out. But uh, yeah, the the willing to take a quarterback thing was a big deal, uh, especially with everything else going on right now with with the team. Some other things that went down, you know, this there's a great article from Tim Twentyman on the Lions site, and it's uh, 10 takeaways uh, from Bevel, Pasqualoni, and Bonamego from the Season Ticket Member Summit. And I, I kind of want to walk through some of these really quick, Case, and get your, your reaction, if you don't mind. The first one is that um, Bevel openly says he doesn't know what the, the offense is going to look like right now, right? He bases his philosophy around the players he has. I think he's got a core system in his head that he wants to do, but we don't have those players in place. He doesn't know if, if we're getting Greedy Williams, Colin Farrell, or TJ Hawkinson. He, he's not sure with who he's got, so it's, it's going to change, and that's going to affect how it goes. Um, you know, you, you talk about some of the, the big goals you want to do, but the players are the ones that make it happen, so the scheme is where it's at. So that, that's a big one from Bevel. We're not really sure where he's going, but um, I'm feeling good with the time he's had and the analysis that he's done that he's probably got a nice, modern kind of approach to how he wants to do this because he's done that historically, right? Uh, moving on, Pasqualani said the line, set the tempo on that side of the ball, and this is where my head's at, okay? You got Damon Harrison, Deshaun Hand, and Sean Robinson, and and it's day, 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 it's dada. It's dada. <laughs> Damon Deshaun and Aishan, Dada, the, the three across the line. You can call it whatever you want, but those guys, I, every time I hear that, I'm just like, oh my God, they're so good. And then you put Darren, uh, or sorry, Jared Davis, Devin Kennard in there. 
Good points. Aquara looked really great out there this year. Um, Pascal and he's got a good group of guys to work from. That that's another reason why I'm thinking this greedy thing may have more more possibility than than we thought. Also, I was very impressed with the growth we saw out of out of the defensive line and the just the general creativity of the pass rush. And I do believe that. <clears throat> One of the reasons I, I, I've mentioned it before that I think that we may end up seeing um, more offensive players uh, in this draft early is just that I think Quinn probably trusts Patricia's ability to scheme and develop more than anyone that we are used to seeing. We did not see good defensive development under under Austin and even even under Schwartz, who was good in some ways, but but totally completely clueless as far as the secondary was concerned. Um, whereas Patricia, I think it, it, I mean, a, I think he delegates better and B, I think he has a better overview of the entire defense. And, and so, um, I, I liked, I definitely liked the direction that went. And I think Quinn has to like the direction that went. And I think that instills in Quinn some, uh, confidence that he has flexibility, which God, we love that word. Mm. Um, and versatility going into the draft. And, and so it's not crucial that he has to use every pick he's got on a defensive, uh, defensive talent this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, John Bonamago. John Bonamago, if you don't remember, he's back with the Lions. We brought him back. He's been here previously, a special teams guy. Um, this is interesting. This is of course an inside guy in public talking about coach Patricia, but, um, so he's he, he kind of has to say some things, right? But um, he said he's just massively impressed with Patricia. Patricia said he's intensely competitive, meticulously organized, and uh, really impressed with the dialogue between Quinn and Patricia. It gets me thinking a little bit about how how we're building this team, and of course the Patriots comparisons are inevitable, right? And and those will go away as as time goes on, and as we see some changes and things here. But with the Patriots, Belichick was GM and the and the coach. Right. Um, and, he, and Belichick relied on, as a GM, relied on Patricia to make that defense work uh, with, with, with the talent he got. It's kind of similar. Quinn's relying on Patricia to make the team work with the talent he's got. And he's, his job is to get good talent on the field. There's places where he knows there's not talent, but that's, that's Patricia's job to make that work. So the, the feedback we're hearing here from a guy who was here before and is back again. I think it's good to hear where Patricia's at and how he's handling this. And I can see how these things kind of plug into a system that's worked already. All right. Uh, let's see. Bevel talked to Matthew Stafford on the phone. He talked to carry on Johnson on the phone as well. Um, said he wants to stretch Stafford a little bit maybe put him in places he hasn't been before in hopes of pushing the offense. Um, I think that's needed. I, I feel like Stafford, Look, Stafford's a great guy. He had a down year. I, I think it's just a regression to the mean. That's going to be probably his low year other than the injury years. We'll see great things out of Stafford again. He's by no means done. But um, the thing that's going to get him interested again and, and, and pull him out of where he was that last year is to put him into new things and get him growing and feeling like he's seeing growth and, and, and new success and, and learning and doing things he hasn't done before. Um, you can't let somebody sit idly and just rely on the things they've always done because they get bored and, and, and that's never good for getting top performance out of them. So I liked what I saw there. Which I, is another reason that I think we might see a little bit more offense in, in uh, attention and free agency in the draft is because if, if you want your quarterback to be completely bought into a new system, give him good reasons to be bought into a new system. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, the interview process with Quinn and Patricia, it lasted a day and a half. A day and a half interview, man. That's a grind. They did it in Orlando. They did it right by right in my backyard. I didn't know it. Um, but actually, Bevel reached out to the team, which is interesting. And uh, did a, he did a lot of stuff. And in that day and a half, really said he liked where they were going. He felt like he fit together. And um, they, he feels they're all going to be able to put the pieces together. So that's good. I like the Bevel hire so far. A lot of good, you know, we're hearing the it's right things. It's always too early at this point to assume that that's going to be successful, but I, I like it too. I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah. I mean, part of it, that early evaluation where we are now is hearing the right things being said. And some people can just say the right shit and can't perform, right? Okay, fine. Then right. Most people exist. We know it. But there's That's like me in, on Tinder. <laughs> let's not let's not let's not let's not underplay your grinder game so 
All right, so also, um, there's guys that, that can't say things well, but but can perform, but they always have a really tough time. I would feel like if I were to say put someone out there, I'd say Patricia's the guy who started out not saying the right things necessarily. He wasn't also accused of some things and some some things that weren't so friendly were put out there about him as well. But he was starting from a bad position. You always want to see a guy start out in a good position and, and build that confidence with fans and teams and so on. So Bevel so far doing the right stuff. Are, are you, after this draft, let me ask you, because i got to check in every now and then, where are you on your trust in Quinn heading into the 2019 draft? Are you there yet? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that we can come off a six and ten season and say that my trust in him has increased. But he did what I wanted him to do, um, for the most part, and I wasn't surprised by the result. I think that what everything that he's done is is with an eye to the future, and I appreciate that. It's now. It's just about whether or not that stuff turns out to be the right stuff. Sure. So, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I'm not sure I'm in any different spot than I was last year, which isn't to say that I dislike him or distrust him. I just, uh, you know, I can't buy in a hundred percent on a guy after, you know, a, a six and 10 season. So, but as a GM, I think his talent acquisition pieces and the way he's played that chess oh, I'm game. I'm very happy with that stuff. Deserves the trust. And I believe I trust in Quinn in that aspect. So, all right, um, we'll move on. Pascaloni talked about the back end of his defense where a guy like Greedy Williams would really, really solidify stuff. That's that's my ad there at the part about Greedy. But um, calls uh, Diggs and Slay real key pieces and, and likes how they progressed over the year. So, yep, that's good. Uh, Bonamago said it's great to already have a relationship with your punter, your kicker, your long snapper. God, I think the long snapper knows any, anybody. He was like Adam's first son from the whole Adam and Eve thing. Guy's so damn old, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he knows everybody, but uh, he says the transition's easier. <laughs> um, one thing that's interesting is uh, Bevel says he's got a laundry list of stuff he's trying to do right now, and I get it. And, and especially if you're trying to scheme around players, you've got an incomplete picture with free agency in the draft ahead of you. So um, what are you doing? Um, he's spending a lot of time sitting down with the position coaches, watching tape, Talking them through each player, letting them give him a summary of strengths and weaknesses. Uh, how to, how the, how to, what do they do to push him? Right, which is a big question I think, especially if you think about teams developing players. This is something we've talked about a lot. Uh, a lot. And this is a particular point I want to pull out there. In order to develop players, you need to push them. And th- this this thing is a, a phrase that most people would probably just read by when reading this this type of thing, but how they push the players and him valuing how his position coaches are pushing players and uh, the best way to use them moving forward. Those kind of questions are the right questions for somebody that's going to develop players and, and grow a good offense. He's got a lot of work ahead of him this year, but um, those are, those are, again, he's saying some of the right things and, and things that most people won't maybe pick out and use as, as important points. Uh, last thing, Pasqualoni said, the thing that you have to say, uh, wants to be one of the top def- defenses in the league. <laughs> If he would have said, ah, I want to be somewhere around, you know, five to ten. <laughs> the aim low thing never, never, never works well for anybody. <clears throat> um, great defense. Two key points are limiting points. How about that? That, that might be important for defense. And uh, doing a good job of getting the ball back to the offense with short fields. And so turnovers. Belichickian answers at yeah. that point. Yeah. So like- yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. But I don't know that there are any other answers that are going to give you huge insight on right. <laughs> um, important attributes of a defense in the game of football. So there you go. All right, so that's it. That's uh, some of the stuff from the season ticket members. We were going to have old friend, compadre, and uh, sometimes lover Sandman on to join us and talk about the season ticket member summit, but he couldn't go. His, his his work kept him away from the summit. And he wasn't able to do it. It's so frustrating because he always has a really, really good take. But don't worry. We'll bring Sandman back. We'll have him on. We'll, we'll do more talking with him. Um, another thing to come out of that summit, though, and in case you were able to spend more time checking out some of the videos on this, uh, Hard Knocks. We're, we're vying for it. We're, we're lobbying to get Hard Knocks in Detroit, aren't we? Well, there's a short video on the subreddit, too, if you want to check it out. It's pretty funny, um, like a minute and a half of Quinn. And it's just a little tiny bit of the presser um, of Quinn and Patricia <clears throat> answering questions about this and the other thing. But the, the topic of hard knocks comes up 
and they have some pretty hilarious uh, responses to the question about whether or not how they'd feel about uh, Hard Knocks coming to Detroit. Um, basically, they said they, that they think Oakland would be a good place for it, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was a funny response. But um, I have a hard time. Uh, see, somebody brought up the point that you know it, that inevitably that comment will backfire and, and that hard knocks will be in Detroit this year because, you know, because they want to stick it to, you know, them for, you know, knocking on hard knocks or whatever. Um, they did bring up the point that they're, that their scouts do watch hard knocks. If they're going to play that team yep. in, in the year, they, they watch to see if there's anything that they can glean out of that, that they can use as, as an advantage. So that is partially, you know, why they would prefer not to do it. Um, but also uh, that uh, I, I, I am uncertain whether the league would want to deal with Patricia any more than Patricia wants to deal with the league. <laughs> that good owl with a clown nose shirt so popping like, up on hard knocks. I know that, I, yeah, I know that like by the rules of, of how they choose hard knocks, that the Lions would probably be one of the top candidates. But would they really get what they wanted out of it if Patricia was, you know, being as, as, <laughs> as curmudgeonly as he possibly could the whole time towards them and, and denying them every, every step of the way that he possibly, you know, wasn't absolutely contractually obligated to deal with. Yeah. But see, they get that into the like meeting rooms. Of, that seems like a lot of problems for, for both sides of that. It seems like more work for everyone. And, and that would make me question whether the, whether the NFL would really choose to do that when they could. And, and you know, you joke about Oakland, but John Gruden loves being on TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he would be compelling, right? Compelling TV. Um, one of the ways I don't think they they get it out of spite. I don't think they give it to him. I think the the reality is that with hard knocks, they get in the meeting rooms, the team meetings. They get you know they get into places where Coach Patricia can't be the media Patricia. He's the real Patricia, and they're going to get a side of him that you don't get. Which, from one point of view, maybe really interesting because if you can see the real Patricia and then see him go step up and slam the media the way he does or deal with the media the way he does that juxtaposition makes a really good TV actually and is really really interesting and I'm not I'm not I'm uh, I'm like probably most people I'm of two minds I would love the Lions (laughs) I would love the Lions to be on hard knocks because God anything with them and the behind the scenes (laughs) stuff I would absolutely love on the other end of the spectrum, though, I don't want anything to get given away because, God, we have enough to work against with this team as it is. So, right. Yeah, no, I would absolutely love to see to see what they could put together. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But they did have some some funny answers on, on that. Speaking of hard knocks, there's also what's the one on Amazon case? What's the one that they call that? Um, all or nothing. <clears throat> all or nothing. That's what they call it. Um Great, great show, right? I mean, they get some. You get some really, really cool insights, and yeah, it's interesting to see it after the season, right? The kind of retrospective yeah. kind of view. Um, you know, you know where I'm going here, right? From Hard Knocks, All or Nothing, Amazon. You get it? You lost me. Okay. Well, I want our people to know that Amazon is the place to go to go ahead and check out anything they want that isn't from fanatics <laughs> if it's a generator <laughs> hey, you want to see all or nothing you got to have a prime subscription right you can't do right. that just okay. on your own no. right you see no. where we're going here my man you see right. where we're going all right, all right. i got you all right so um we got some some really really good stuff there and uh the way to go ahead and do that because there's a way you can do it and help the podcast that's by going to detroitlionspodcast.com click on the amazon link there's a shop link at the top if you miss it hamburger button on your phone you know all that stuff use that to get to amazon there's no pop-ups no funny stuff no other bs but it gets you straight over to amazon and lets you access all of the magic behind Earth's biggest store, as I think what they should call it now. But uh, all that great stuff's there, including uh, All or Nothing and all your... You want to buy a football? Get your football. It's all there. But uh, they give us a kickback. It's a great way to help the show by doing something you're going to do anyway. Again, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that Amazon link and uh, head on over and get all the stuff you want to get. All right. uh, Let's touch on another thing from there. The Super Bowl. I, I don't know if you noticed they played that since our last show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a pretty, pretty, a couple of people watch that pretty big game. Um, were you riveted? Were you actually driven and, and massively excited about how awesome that game was? 
Well, look, I liked it more than I think the general public did, but that's, I like that kind of, you know, the, the watching the defenses try to figure out what's going on and, and, and successfully. Um, it was truly uh, one of the greatest, you know, coaching performances from uh, Belichick uh, in, 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 in any game ever, one of the best coaching performances. So, I mean, from that aspect of it, I enjoyed that. I understand why it wasn't the most thrilling for most people, but. It, you know, it's a great point. It was not spectacular TV, but I really enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the game a lot. I thought it was a, a good game, and, and you're right. It, was, it wasn't a 44-41 to 41 game or anything like that with all the scoring going crazy. Um, it wasn't one of those lopsided, because those are snooze fests too, That those big, crazy lopsided games. This one was just a good game to watch. It was football. It was two very well-matched teams playing against each other that were working out. One of the things that um, I do question, and this is this came out of Belichick's mouth later, um, is Matt Patricia getting a second paycheck, working as a uh, playoff defensive <laughs> coordinator over there? <laughs> Belichick mentioning the defense that the Lions threw at the Rams was one of the keys for how they schemed against them. I found that pretty interesting. It it, it was heartening and interesting um, that, you know, in a way he was able to still use Matt Patricia to help him with his uh, his work on defense. Well, and and the other thing, you know, that I heard, of course, immediately following uh, was, you know, after a solid, incredible defensive performance from the Patriots was. Uh, yeah, it looks like they really needed Matt Patricia in, in, in New England. And I get where that statement's coming from, but I don't care if it's, it was never a question to me about whether or not Patricia was the reason that that team was successful. Belichick is the reason that team is successful and always has been the, the question for me is how much did Patricia learn from that system and how much is he able to transfer over? And I think, you know, that's, that's a much more salient and, and important part of, of the whole thing. So um, it's not that I think that I, you can, that I should be maybe even totally dismissing that thought, uh, you know, um, out of hand, but like, as you say, you know, um, if Belichick is, and whether or not Belichick is just blowing smoke up, uh, Patricia's skirt to be nice. I don't know, but he got um, his ass beat by Patricia this year. I don't think he wants to say nice things about him. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think he really likes Patricia, though. I think I think he truly does. So, like, it would not surprise me in the least if he was sticking up for his boy. But um, that it it has never been a question to me about who the true true genius was there it wasn't patricia patricia did a very good job of doing what belichick wanted him to do um and like i said the only issue there is whether or not he picked up enough from the greatest coach of all time as sorry for people who you know hate hearing you know praise for belichick um the that's the question is how much was he able to learn and how much is he able to take forward yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's it. I mean, you can't emulate Belichick, but there's a lot of things. It's just like anything, right? You learn from somebody. You become better by working with smart people. And if you're a smart person, you can take all those things you've learned and, and create something new and different and an evolution of that. And uh, exactly what you said, the question is, is can Matt Patricia do that? And, and it's it'll be interesting to find out. But um, knowing that his defensive mind helped a team win a Super Bowl makes me feel good about our defense even more so on an ongoing basis. I just think that there's a lot to be said here about how this is going to work. And I think we're in the realm of a really good formula for this team. It's just got to get a little more time and quality players to play itself out. All right, moving on. I got to give a shout out to somebody and, you know, I guess one person on the show is going to get the big benefit out of it, but um, a whole group of people, you all get to have fun with this when we, when we go ahead and do it. Uh, Brett Kuzno, uh, just hit me up. He's, he's, he's a Patreon guy. He's in the, the Patreon chat. Great guy, funny guy, fun guy. He got an extra sleigh bobblehead with the little bobble finger doing the, the finger wag, the finger wag while he uh, does the bobblehead at the same time, the one that gave away the game. Um, Patreon Pappy, we talked about him. He's on... Uh, on uh, Instagram and uh, on Twitter, he's a great follow. He got me one because he was at the game and he got an extra one. He was, he's like the man. But uh, Brett Kuzno as well is the man because he got an extra one and he gave it to us to to send out as a giveaway. 
And uh, so we're going to have a sleigh bobblehead. You can see it's sitting back there behind me, uh, Case in the, in the camera thing. Uh, he's got the sleigh bobblehead coming. And uh, we're going to figure out a good both a, a good time and a good way to give this away. So um, if you've got ideas for contests, not not the, hey, if your name is uh, Brett Kuzno, you should win the uh, bobblehead. <laughs> Something like a real a real thing. And then I, we did it. We did a meme contest one time and I wanted I want to be as inclusive as I can. So let's think about, you know. You can hit us up. You can hit us from our contact form. You can hit us up on um, Twitter, anywhere in the subreddit, whatever. Give us your ideas for what would make a good contest to win this bobblehead. Because this is a it's a limited edition thing. I think there was only 20,000 of them at the game. And, uh, you know, a number of those were probably broken by the time people got home, lost, whatever else. So it's a, it's, it is relatively limited edition. And if you're going to keep it nice over the years, you, you got some real special piece there that you can have as uh, your Lions kind of gear. So we want to do a good contest. So let us know your ideas and we'll put something together and we'll make a good contest out of that and give away the, the killer sleigh bobblehead. Thanks again, Brett, man. You are, you are the dude. Um, and anybody else, you know, you got stuff laying around that you think would make a good giveaway. We're, we're always open to do that. And, uh, and we'll thank you profusely for, for helping support us that way. So, all right, let's uh, talk about something. Groundhog's Day just rolled by and then it popped up again. It's not just on the 2nd of February case. Uh, Taylor Gabriel um a, a, a lol bear he called the lions an easy win nets thanksgiving now if you remember the last time that happened it was brandon marshall and when he popped his head up there was six more games of losses for the bears against the lions <laughs> <laughs> yeah so thanks, really Taylor. Gratifying that if that if history repeated itself there um <clears throat> i would as i've you know said on at least twice on the show now I expect significant regression from the bears this year. Mm -hmm. uh, they just don't have the resources to uh, fill any gaps. They don't have, they, they were the healthiest team in the league. They had the easiest schedule in the league. Absolutely. None of that stuff is sustainable. Their, their turnover rates unsustainable. So like they will see significant regression. I'd be willing to put a little bit of money on that. Uh, whether or not we'll beat them on Thanksgiving I, I mean, I sure hope so, but an easy win, that's just recklessly cocky from him. So <laughs> <laughs> reckless and cocky. So if, if this does play out again, though, um, Brandon Marshall's new name, or maybe Taylor Gabriel, maybe both of them, be Groundhog Gabriel. <laughs> we'll go with that. Mm -hmm. We could have Gabriel Day. All right. So there's that. A couple of scheduling notes. We're here in the offseason. You know, you may have noticed we didn't have a show last week. Case was traveling. Um, other than having unique situations with his Uber driver, as we talked about in the pre-show show, um, he traveled to the warmth of uh, his parents' place down south and got some uh, some good time in, some good family time in. So we didn't have a show um, while Riz was frozen in and having problems. We didn't we didn't have one together. And, and this is the time of year where sometimes there's just not a whole lot of news in the week, and we're not gonna just put something out there that isn't kind of the quality we're we're, we're shooting for. So there's gonna be some weeks here where we we do. Uh, do a bi-weekly show there's gonna be a couple weeks where you know wow there's like two important things that happen and we'll do like one of our quick takes kind of a deals whether it's me and riz or your or, or case we might even bring in some sandman time with some of his stuff taste of lions comes out and that'll be a good one but um you know there's that time of the year where there's not as much we want to make sure the quality stays high we don't want to just put out a show to put out a show but we're also not going to get lazy on you and not put out shows when there's when there's stuff to talk about so be aware that some of these may well, there may be weeks where we miss twitter's a great way to find out if you have any questions about when the next show is or what our scheduling is going to be um, just be flexible with us. We're going to do the best we can to put good stuff out there and be as, as weekly as possible. But um, his travel, my travel, we've got some some things going on. I've, I'm heading out to L.A. a little bit for work, a little bit for the show, something we're working on. Um, a lot of stuff going on. So uh, bear with as we get through this off season because the draft party for sure is going to be booming this year. It's going to be huge. We're also going to play in some some special podcast guest hosts that um, you guys all know the names to. And uh, it's going to culminate in a blow-your-mind moment at this year's um, training camp party. So start planning now. It was August 4th last year. I think it was the fourth the year before, maybe because it was a leap year or something. But 
It's right around that weekend. Save your ducats and uh, and be ready because it's going to be one hell of a party again. We'll do a live show, have a lot of people out, have a couple of really amazing guests as well. So that's some notes about the schedule. Last thing again, talk about play with the podcast, your opportunity to play with the podcast on Xbox Gamertag DET Lions Podcast. Find us. We're playing Apex Legends right now. Or if you just want to play or watch and like listen to us do our, our our banter. It'll be Lions. It'll be uh it'll be the game. It'll be fun. We're on twitch.tv slash Detroit Lions Podcast. We'll be there as well. And you can watch the game and the gaming and have some fun. Just a little uh, subset for another group of people who like the show. It's not for everybody I know who listen to the podcast, but there's a number of people who are into that kind of thing and um I've been a gamer my whole life. You can't stop me now. So we thought we'd tie some of that in together. That's it for this week's show. Boy, that was a that was a big one, Case. A lot of, a lot of stuff to talk about in uh, a week of not a lot going on. I mean, it's, it's pretty funny how some of those mm-hmm. little stories have big impacts. So. Yeah. On that, remember, we're looking for your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. That's what makes us the number one Detroit Lions podcast. It's you guys and your feedback. So use that to help us out. Don't forget to use those ratings, those five-star ratings as well. That's how people find out about us and uh, puts us up in the rankings. Uh, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get involved in the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet in our Slack channel, as well as some of the pre-show shows and some of the unique content we put together for the Patreon people only. Uh, David K., I'm, I'm looking at you. I'm working with you still. We'll get you taken care of. Uh, also, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see Case. And my tight end. Oh, man. And who doesn't want to see that? Yeah, give us a follow. That's that's where a lot of fun happens. Twitter is is probably where we're the most active in the social media world. Uh, so you want to interact or ask questions or have some fun, that's the place to do it. DET Lions Podcast. Also, give us a call via Skype, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or use the Lions Line, 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can come in your little box. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Go Lions.